You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. Thank you, Pastor Dustin. I do take it a a great honor to be able to share with you today. You know, growing up, uh, we had a device on the phone, on the wall called a telephone. And it had a really long cord and a banana-shaped object connected. And I say it like that because there's a lot of kids in this room that have no idea what a telephone was back in the day. And so I can remember from a very young age answering the telephone and people saying, you sound just like your mother. Like even being in elementary school, I can remember people saying that. And over the years, there were more and more ways that came out that I was just like my mother. And so I thought it was appropriate in honor of Mother's Day to have my first public confession that I am just like my mother. I know my mom's watching online, so hey mom, happy Mother's Day. You know, one other thing about my mom is my mom loves what she loves. And growing up, we had these beautiful gold couches that were very trendy. And the reason I say trendy is because trends come and go, but those couches lasted a lot longer than the trend of gold couches. And I can remember as a kid, a lot of people, friends and family, their couches, the gold was leaving their home, but not at my house because my mother loved her gold couches. And the, I don't have gold furniture, but I am just like my mom in the fact that I like what I like and I don't really care what other people think when it comes to certain things. Now, as a kid, I can remember that my mother never had bumper stickers on her car. And I was just like that until my baby went to college. I never thought the day would come that I would have a bumper sticker on my car. Go Bulls. And I don't know about you, if you're a bumper sticker kind of family or not, but I have some bumper stickers here. And this first one I have is baby on board. And first time parents... I don't know, but it just makes you feel a little bit safer if you have this on your vehicle. (laughs) And then we have this type of family or parent that not only wants the world to see that they have children, but they also (laughs) have other people in their home. And I love those kind of bumper stickers. And then we have this one, and I just have a completely different appreciation for the people that have the 26.2, they're a runner. I can barely get through like a 5K, but I do have a different appreciation for those people when I see that kind of bumper sticker. And then it's funny as I was preparing this message and I was like gonna talk about bumper stickers, I literally saw two bumper stickers this week that said, warning, I learned how to drive from a video game. And I was like, that's just scary, but it is probably true. Then we have this bumper sticker. I will not break for kids. Like, what do people think before? I hope nobody has this bumper sticker in the parking lot. But like, what do people think when they put this on their car? And then we have this season of life. New driver, please be patient. And I can remember 
in our home, I was the one that um, was the driving instructor for our two older kids. And I can remember getting in the passenger seat that very first time. And it's like you take a deep breath and you think, what in the world am I doing? Like my baby is now taking full control of this vehicle. And it's almost like you're getting in a roller coaster that could actually crash. My heart is actually pounding just a little bit thinking about those moments, but I can remember thinking, nobody can prepare you for this, and I'm not ready for this, but you're already in it. I don't know about you, but I'm sure you can probably think about a time in your life that you thought, I'm not ready for this. Maybe it's a season of life that you're in, or maybe... It's a job that you took and you thought you were going to be doing one thing and now you're doing something completely different. Maybe you're taking care of an elderly parent or a spouse and you thought, I'm not ready for this, but you're already in it. I love this series that we've been in called Made for More because it's given us a different perspective on being ready for things in life. Because when we look at life through the lens of eternity, it completely changes everything. You know, the first week of this series, Pastor Dustin shared the two most important days are the day that you're born, which already happened because you're here, and the day that you discover why. And I don't know if today is your first made for more series that you're joining us for, but if it is, I encourage you to go back online and watch the different messages as we've looked at different people in the Bible and the impact that they made, not on their life, but on eternity, it's been so encouraging. Pastor Harvey shared when he talked about, in his message, when he talked about Peter, he shared something that's really important. And it says, he, cannot, he said he cannot become all that God intends for us to become unless we pursue the things that God intends for us to pursue. And so as we've been in this series made for more and we've been looking at spiritual bucket list cards, it's been so encouraging here at our Apopka campus and in Lake County to see the display and see what God is doing in the hearts of his people. I have been so encouraged and so motivated because I know in life we can come up with a bucket list of things we want to do before we kick the bucket. But through this series, I think for me, I know for me, and I'm sure for many of you, it's really opened our eyes to see things that we can do for all of eternity. I love that we're closing this series on Mother's Day because I know that moms play a huge part in so many people's lives and what they accomplish. And I don't know if maybe it's your real mom or maybe just a spiritual mother figure, but I just want to thank all the moms all the women out there who help shape people and what God has called them to do. Our memory verse for this series is 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We were made for more than just this life. We were made for eternity. I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. I hate waiting for somebody to respond to a, a phone call or a text message, especially when you can see that they saw it. 
you're like, come on, what is going on? Or waiting in the line at the grocery store. It never fails. I always pick the line that moves the slowest. But my heart over the years has changed when it comes to waiting because I sort of think that God loves the word wait. I don't know about you, but there's been so many times in life that waiting was a huge part of what God was doing in my life. Today, we're going to look at a woman in the Bible. Her name is Hannah. And when it comes to living a life with eternity in mind, Hannah's story is one of hope. It's one of perseverance, and it's one of answered prayer. Her story made a huge impact on eternity. And I believe that whether you're young or you're old, you're a male or a female, I believe that God wants to teach us all something through Hannah's story today. Hannah's story can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but I do want to encourage you, if, if you have a Bible, you can open up with me and we're going to read just a few verses. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you. And if you don't have one at home, we just want to give you that Bible as a gift from Journey. But the story in, in 1 Samuel can be found in that Bible on page 229 and 230. You know, Hannah was a woman who desperately desired to have a child. She faced years of heartache and disappointment. And Hannah was married to a man named Elkanah. And he had another wife named Penina. And she had children. Every year they would go to the tabernacle and they would worship. And they would make sacrifices. And we're going to pick up in 1 Samuel Chapter 1, 4 through 7. It says, Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed her, Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. You know, back in those days, it was disgraceful for women not to have children. Children were a symbol of fulfillment and of legacy, and it was actually considered a curse to not have a child. When I first read this story, all I could think of was, why would God do that? But I don't know about you, when stuff like that happens, that makes me lean in. And I truly believe that we can lean into Hannah's story and we can put ourselves in that position. Maybe it's not waiting on a child, but maybe it's waiting on something. Have you ever said, why would God do that? Maybe you're in a situation right now and you're thinking, but why God? I do believe that God is writing a much greater story when he has us in moments like this. On one of Hannah's visits to the tabernacle, she poured her heart and soul out to God. She was weeping and praying. Hannah was so sad and so frustrated. In 1 Samuel 1, 12 through 17, it says, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. 
I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the Lord and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Eli thought she was drunk. What I love about that is Hannah wasn't waiting till she had it all together before she came to the father. If somebody thought she was drunk, to me, that shows a little bit about how she approached God. She was comfortable. She was okay with pouring her deepest concerns and being honest with God. Although Hannah went many years without bearing a child, she continued to pray in faith that God would provide. Eventually he did. He remembered Hannah and he gave her a son. Her son was Samuel. And after she had Samuel, she dedicated him and gave him back to God. In life, it seems like we're always waiting for something. As a child, we're waiting to be older. My youngest son said to me last week, he looked at me with the most serious face and he said, mom, am I going to have to watch YouTube kids for the rest of my life? Like how dramatic of a statement, like for the rest of my life, but he was being serious. He was not saying it in a joking manner, but he wants to be older. He wants to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And then when we grow up and we're in high school, we're waiting to be out of high school and be in the real world. And then we're an adult and we're in the real world and we're waiting for the bills to stop coming in or we're waiting on the check to come in to pay the bills. And then we're an adult and we're waiting to be married. And then we're waiting to have children. And then as we go on, we're waiting for the children to be out of our house. We're always waiting. I think at times we approach our life passively, but I I don't think that's how God intended. Have you ever gone someplace for the first time? Maybe uh, an airport or maybe an amusement park, or, or a mall. When you go someplace for the first time, where do you go? You go to the directory. And it's a visual picture of all the different options of places you can go. But there's an, an important part of the directory before you leave. You have to know where you are. You are here. It's important to know where you are to know where you're going. Why is it that we can look at life and situations we are in and we don't want to face the facts that we are here? We always want to be there. And that's what I think we can learn from Hannah's story, how she waited. The first thing I think that we need to acknowledge from Hannah's story is that God sees you. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows your heart. He knows how you feel. All he desires is that you lean on him and remain faithful. Hannah remained faithful to God even when things didn't go her way. She continued to worship and serve and trust God with his timing and with his plan. In Psalm 27, 13 through 14, it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. The second thing I think we need to acknowledge from Hannah's story 
is that we can expect irritation. I don't know about you, but that would be absolutely crazy to have to face your husband's other wife with having exactly what you want. Hannah was irritated. It's like when you're waiting to be married and everyone keeps asking you to stand up in another wedding or you're waiting to have kids and as you scroll through your feed, all you see is another gender reveal party. Maybe you're waiting on a job promotion and you've been working so hard for this promotion and it seems like everyone is getting passed up but you. Maybe as a student, all you're waiting on is a good group of friends We can feel so empty while we wait. But one thing I know about our God is he does some of his best work when we're waiting and when we feel empty. It's in those moments when we have to turn to God because we have no other choice. If Hannah had a spiritual bucket list, there's two things that I think we can learn from her and there's two things that I think would be at the top of her bucket list. The first thing is poor your heart out to the Lord. Our emotions don't scare God. Sometimes we think that we have to have it all together before we come to God, but that's not how he works. He already knows. He just wants you to be faithful and come to him. Scripture says that Hannah poured her heart out to God. When Hannah did this, that was when she experienced peace. When Hannah was honest with God, that's when she saw her breakthrough. Her being vulnerable with God allowed God to show his strength through her. When we pour our heart out to God, that's just a prayer. When we pour our heart out to God, that's an invitation for God to take over. Prayer should not be our last resort, but our first response. The second thing that I think would be on Hannah's bucket list would be surrender. Surrender and surrender often. When we surrender, we are completely letting go. We're completely letting go and we're saying, Lord, have your way. Lord, take control of my life. I trust you. In the midst of her suffering, she ultimately found it more blessed to honor the father than the blessing. Hannah prayed and waited and then gave her son right back to God. I want to read Hannah's prayer, but before I do that, I want you to keep this in mind. This prayer can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and this is after Hannah has Samuel and after she gives Samuel back to the Lord. This is what her prayer says. Then Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. Hannah's made for more moment really came through her son, Samuel. Samuel played a huge part in anointing Saul and David as king of Israel. You know, David was a man after God's own heart, and it is through his lineage 
that Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Hannah's fervent prayer and her faithfulness of living a life that was surrendered ultimately led to the fulfillment of God's plan for salvation. Hannah's story highlights the impact that one person's faith and surrender can have on the course of history and God's redemptive purpose. So let me ask you, what situation are you in right now that only God can get you out of? What situation are you in that only God can get you out of? Back in 2006, my family experienced a huge waiting moment in our life. One early morning before 6 a.m., I heard a loud banging on my front door. I happened to be up at the moment nursing my week old baby. And my husband jumped out of bed and went to the door. I was just a few feet behind him as he cracked the door open. And on the other side of the door was several officers. It was the Department of Homeland Security. In that moment, I had no idea what was happening. But the officer said, we're looking for Wilson Joseph. And that's my husband. They continued to say that there was an issue with his immigration status and they had to take him. They flashed their badges and they literally searched my whole house. Our three-year-old daughter at the time was sleeping in her room and she frantically woke up. The officers continued to say that my husband would reach out as soon as he could. To say that I did not understand what was going on is an understatement. My husband is from Haiti, but he had been in the States for over 15 years. He always worked a professional career and paid taxes and did all the things that he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't hiding from anyone. Several hours went by that felt like days. I got a call from my husband and he said, hire an attorney. They said, I have a deportation notice since 1991. That was the year that he came to the States. They had been overlooking that for years, but it came up because we were in the process of applying for citizenship. This moment turned into three and a half years of my husband being gone. One attorney told us, he won't be deported. You guys are married. He had proper documentation. It was just a mistake. Another attorney told us, don't expect him back for 10 years. Nothing made sense and I did not know who to trust or what to do. I instantly became a single parent. And let me just give a shout out for all the single parents in this room and online and in Lake County, because my heart goes out to you. I know it's not easy. The one thing that I know about the season of life that I'm so grateful for is myself and my husband knew that we were made for more. God did so much during this time. The theme of our life during this time was finding joy in the midst of trials, because there were a lot. Wilson was then deported and ended up going back to Haiti. 
He was able to reconcile so many broken relationships with family in Haiti. He was also able to start a ministry, caring for orphans and serving widows. And just when you think life couldn't get any worse, a catastrophic earthquake hit Haiti. He happened to be living in the Epic Center where the earthquake hit with his dad and his other family. I remember the moment when I found out there was an earthquake. I was cooking dinner and my kids were watching a show and there was a breaking news that came across the TV. I immediately picked up my phone and called Wilson. He answered, so I heard his voice and I knew that he was alive in that moment, but we instantly got disconnected and it was several days before I heard from him again. Even in these moments, God was working. We poured our heart out to God. We prayed. We had an incredible church family around us that was praying with us and for us. And our prayers were answered on June 12th, 2010. Wilson was finally able to return home. God had a plan that we did not see. It was long, it was hard, but we focused one day at a time because we couldn't look any further than that. We focused one day at a time and we remained faithful where he had us. We remained faithful where he had us and while he had us waiting. And it's amazing what God will do when we have no choice but to depend on him. We experience so much joy and true fulfillment in life during this time. You know, the starting place of true fulfillment in life is surrendering your all to God. A call to surrender means not my way, Lord, but your will be done. Surrender is the path of true freedom in Christ. And I don't know where you are today, but I know you're here for a reason. And I want to leave you with this. What's your story? What is your story that God is writing? I believe the spiritual bucket list cards is just the start of what God is going to do in your heart in our church, in the community, and in the world. But it all starts with your story. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I just thank you. God, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. God, it's in moments of waiting, that you do some of your best work. And I know in a room this size and in Lake County and online, there's people that may be struggling with some big things. There's also people, God, that are rejoicing with some things. God, and we just thank you for that. God, I just ask that you would help us to see where we are and where you want to take us. 
God, I ask that we would surrender our lives to you and that we, we would be faithful where you have us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.